fatherhood. It's how we keep our tribes and families strong. You've landed in the right place if you're ready for dad jokes, tips, and tricks on fun parenting. Also with interviews with some of the coolest dad entrepreneurs we could track down and have them share their strategies to tackling it all in business and life on The Dad Next Door. And now, your host, Mr. Dad Jokes himself, <laughs> Jason Centeno. Chase Tyler Frost. Are you a superhero? For sure, man. I think with that stash, you definitely are. What's your story, bro? Tell us about yourself. So we were talking business for a little bit, and then we started talking about fatherhood. You know, I'm a, I'm a father of two, you know, and it's like my favorite thing in the world, being a dad. Like, I, if I don't get the waterworks in this podcast, like, we're lucky, right? Because I, I think it's super special to me. I had a great dad. I feel like that's, that's something that most people don't get, is a great dad, like a, a great male t- caretaker who, you know, takes care of them, right? Loves them and shows them how to be a man. And I really feel like I had that. So like, as I've come into my own and become a dad, it's just been like the most special thing. Like I remember when my, my kid was born, I snotted through like six of those masks. I, I kept on crying. It was overwhelmed, like just woof, overwhelming. And it was so great. So we sat down at the table and started, started, you know, talking about dad stuff. You know, I've been a part of some groups like fathers of the future, you know, that's all about being a better man. So you can be a better father and stuff like that. And uh, we just started geeking out on, being a dad because you have I'm six five five six seven eight nine ten eleven thirteen don't do that to me <laughs> yeah. that. you're six right so and you adopted you know quite quite a few right yeah if, uh six kids five adopted so yeah that's where we're at now. yeah that's beautiful man so i just remember we were sitting at the table and we just started geeking out about being a dad and we had this idea to like start running the podcast right and like i remember even in the beginning before we scheduled you're like hey man you can do this with me or not and I was like, ah, I'm juggling like 15 things. I'm going through a move. I've got this, that, and the other. And like to watch you run this on your own. Because I remember you hit me up like two or three, like, hey, I'm serious, bro. I'm not, I'm not joking around. I've got to do podcasts and geek out about dad stuff. And, you know, I, I just oh, got overwhelmed with, with the, the part of my life. And it wasn't really a fit. And just to watch you run with this has been, has been a riot, dude. It's been fun. It's been fun to see and to have it be. And you want to be on podcast number one you know, on, on the first show. Like, hey, man, let's get you on. Like, this is the inaugural show, and we couldn't make it work because my internet mishap, and then we rescheduled it later. So uh, for me, it was just clicking about being a father, you know, and clicking about being, being you know, in a good marriage and having a good, solid family life because that's the reason why we why we produce in the first place. You know, we're not trying to, you know, make money and, and do big things in business so we can, like, drive Ferraris, although I wouldn't mind one, but really it's so we can produce, like, great lives for our family. Yeah, and then um... – I know we were goofing around a lot. I forgot who else was at that table, but yeah, me and you were, you know, me and you vibed out. And then, then I come to find out like you were one of the speakers and I'm like, Oh, this dude, he was a real undercover. And then now he's like presenting. I'm like, Oh man. So, and that's just funny how that happened that whole weekend. I ended up becoming good friends with, with you, with Trey Taylor, with Jeremy and, and, uh, and some of the guys that have all been on this, this episode, but like, it was so random. Cause I just went for the, you know, to be honest with you, I went to this thing for the hell of it. Cause I was just like, COVID's kind of over and now they're doing events and I need to get out the house and it's, you know, let me go, let me go rub shoulders with some entrepreneurs. Cause I missed this. Right. And then, you know, yeah. Yeah, we just ended up having a good time. So that that's the birth of this bad boy. And it was like, you got all excited. I said, let's do it. And then you were like, nah, man, I'm moving. I'm doing <laughs> so 21 episodes later, here we are, but here we are back to the better beginning. Late than never. Right. For so sure. That, that's how these things happen is as long as one person runs the ball and, you know, 
The other person catches it whenever they catch it. It's still a game. So that's how I look at this. Sometimes things don't line up, right? When we want things to line up, sometimes it just takes a different a different turn. So I, I appreciate it. But I appreciate you planting the seed because I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know what I was going to do with this thing. And I was just kind of, let me just start it because I said I was going to. And it's been a lot of fun. And it's definitely, it's created some relationships, deeper relationships, some joint ventures. It's the also put me on the path with the whole app development stuff because one of the people I met through doing it. So I'm thanking you because if it wasn't for you, I'd probably be in a weird, probably be, oh man, probably be regretting something. I don't know by now. <laughs> when you follow that little voice that comes in your head and your chest, like you kind of just, you got to run with it, man. Like, cause if you didn't, it wouldn't work, dude. That's, that's, that's why I had to do my own thing. It was because like, dude, you, like there's this voice that says you got to run, you got to run your own ball, right? You got to take your own destiny, your own hands and, and be a man and go, Go, go provide and produce, and and uh, you got to have the whole game in your court. You're finally ready. So, And you are definitely a man of action. So you of all people, I would say, are when, when you say you can't do something, it's acceptable because uh, you were out in the woods somewhere with a bunch of dudes beating chests and no electricity <laughs> and talking about, yeah, like, you know, we're – I don't know. We're, we're gonna have, we have to huddle for warmth because there's just we're living under the stars. <laughs> it was some it was some kind of retro. War yeah, retro. yeah. What was that? What was that? So thing I'm there? part of a group called the Multiple Club. It's a mastermind for for uh, entrepreneurs. It helps people build their interpersonal value, like their body, being balanced in business, and at the same time they have coaching for building your enterprise value, helping build your company to scale and exit. And interestingly enough, that like that group is the reason why I, I like I came home, sold my house, bought into a software company and then started another agency right after that was because like I finally understood how companies bought and sold and how to evaluate them and how to build something that that wins. So I finally guided like I've done a lot of personal development, like more. I'm a little bit of a junkie sometimes, you know, like overly into it, but it hasn't really matched my my business like performance. Right. It really hasn't added up into my checkbook. So this is the first place where it married the two. And uh, we do these, it was the first event that they'd done, like that was for the quarterly group, like the official members. And like, they wouldn't tell us anything. Uh, they're like, hey, we're gonna go to Palm Springs, you know, like be prepared for this, 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 and this. And it's like, I, I don't know what's going on. So what's crazy was that weekend, like that that day, we were riding razors, running around the desert, doing some crazy stuff. And then coming back to do a bunch of uh, presentations and business planning and a whole bunch of crazy things and uh, no internet, <laughs> no connection. And it was, uh, it was a wild time, man. So that's what that was all about. And uh, I'm actually going out there next Monday again. You know, we're going to St. George and doing another meeting with Kevin Harrington and the whole Eddie Wilson and a whole bunch of other folks and doing like kind of a little uh, refresher. And, uh, you know, really, we've had some massive exits already in the group that have been pretty fun to watch. Here's the big question right now. How did you become an entrepreneur in the first place? So what's interesting, I got my start uh, way back in e when e-com was just brand new. I got on Alibaba. And I, I think I might even have a watch here. Like I got these little silicone watches with replaceable faces. They they have them all over the place now. Found out you could buy them for three dollars on Alibaba and sell them for thirty on the internet. So I started spitting those and hustling those, but I had no idea how to do anything but hustle. Um, and then I found this place called Infusionsoft. It's like literally down the street from my house over here. And uh, you know, there it's a big you know it's a software for for entrepreneurs, all in one CRM, email marketing, and all that stuff, automation platform. And I worked there for about three years and everybody I talked to was like solid, like businessmen, like businessmen, businesswomen, people who are building awesome stuff. And you had some entrepreneurs who are trying to use the software that the big players were using, but I had a lot of great exposure there. And then I went over to a place called Sixth Division where we had a bunch of entrepreneurs, people who were bought into a vision, 
12 of us. And I got to really work with like some of the best people on the planet when it comes to marketing sales and, and systems, you know, like how they're hiring, how they're building cultures, you know, watching them, you know, do all of their business. Cause when I got to, I was the sales guy there and I got to interview them on what, like their whole business model to try and sell them systems and implementation. And I got like the best education ever from all like Ramit Seti was a client of ours at once upon a time. We had, you know, Pat Flynn worked with us once. Like we, I got to talk to these people on a regular basis. I got to speak on stages and run around and everybody I was talking to and networking with were like Matt Andrews, you know, who's a, who's a super stud, you know, uh, collective genius. He's my homie. I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. Jason Medley, obviously uh, the guys at BGS, these e-com guys. So I'm watching these guys build all this awesome stuff. And I actually went off and started my own company and I failed. Like it failed miserably. Partnership went bad. Things went, things went wrong. And not bad. Like the, let's just say the business failed. That's the, what was that? The orthodontic? The orthodontic. Yeah. It was orthodontic coaching. We had like an okay. online platform. It was clinical. My part, my business partner was an orthodontist and, and like my other, my, like one of my best friends. And you know, when someone's already running like a, a heavy demanding business, like being an orthodontist, running a side business is kind of like a, there's misalignment, right? There's misalignment when you have something that's that demanding. So it never really got off the ground the way that we wanted it to. So once we split there, um, I was kind of like 2020, I was a little bit lost, you know, kind of like, dude, I just exited this company, just got a brand new baby. I got like a two year old and a brand new baby. This company didn't work out and I'm kind of like in limbo. And so Clint hit me up and said, Hey man, let's go back, you know, like the old days. Cause I've been working with Clint since Infusionsoft and sixth division. And explain, uh, explain Clint for people who don't know Clint. Okay. Clint, Clint's with long ship systems, right? So what he right. does, he helps people to design, define and implement like their client journey using whatever automation platform that they use. Right. I think ClickFunnels, Infusionsoft, ActiveCampaign, all that good stuff. Like he's one of the best in the world. It's super solid. Um, and we've been friends for 10 years now. We actually worked before that at University of Phoenix way back when I had my, my watch company, like 2009. So we're old, we're old buddies. He's like, hey, come help me build this up. And so I, I worked with him for about the past year or so. And I got to meet people like you and, and uh, get back in that network of like awesome people. And, uh, you know, finally I decided, you know, this is gonna be my own thing. I'm going to run my own ship and I'm gonna make my own thing happen and, and go from there. I got one partner, uh, like full control, which is what I've never had. I've always kind of relied too much on other people, you know, like, Hey, I I'm not going to be in full control. I'm going to like allow partnerships or other people to drive or other people to run the ship. And this is the first time I'm like, no, dude, I, I know all the things I need to know. I just need to be willing to fail is what it comes down to. And one last thing you did say that you bought a company. So what did you buy? And then you took it over and that, now that's your company. Like instead of like, you know, cause sometimes people forget like, Oh, I got this great idea and you know, they're going to go build it from scratch and it could take years, but smarter people will sometimes go and find something and be like, you know what? I probably can get that for cheap. I'm going to, it's going to put me two years ahead of schedule. I can, I know I can, I, I know I can take that and make it into something. And then they just buy their way ahead of things. And so that sounds like what you did. Yeah. So I bought into a company It's it's pre-launch. It's called content web. Be on the lookout. You know, we're going to be, we're going to be ready for the, the public in and like Q4, you know, right now we're using it to run my other, my other business, you know, it's our tool, but it helps people uh, plan, produce, post and track all of their social content in one tool. So think if like Hootsuite had a baby with Canva and then had a planning tool to help you decide exactly what to say. So your social content can be streamlined and, and uh, scheduled over, you know, over time. So it's a really smooth, easy tool to help you like plan, produce and post. So we use that for, for my agency where we go in and we plan everything we need to do. 
we produce it inside the app and then we post it automatically. So we'll go out to a, to an orthodontic practice or a cosmetic dentist practice, which is what I do, Smile Connect Marketing. We go out to a practice and we plan everything out first. We go there and we shoot two to three days of media footage and then we schedule it all out and get it ready to post and then manage the social media account and all their content marketing over over the span of, you know, however long they're working with us, six months, a year, two years, you know, we're, we're three months in. So, so far three months, you know, so. Hey, whatever, man. It's like, like I said, you made a lot of moves this year. Cause I know like, yeah. you know, we both did, but like you really did. And I, and, and I appreciate you even making out time for this. Cause I know you got the, the kitties. So one other thing I wanted to ask too, also is like, you know, does entrepreneurship run in your family anywhere? Was it your like dad or, or you know, are so, you the only hustler? Like, where did the hustler bone come from? Or the so hustler the hus bone? My, my dad's a hustler. So this is like part of my dad's story, right? So my dad was a sales guy. Like he was on stage doing like Tony Robbins events, like some of the pre-sales. He worked with Les Brown. He was on the road a lot when I was a kid, like zero to 11, right? Like this guy was on the road three, four days a week. And uh, my mom was a speech therapist. My mom is a speech therapist. They run a, a relatively successful uh, speech language pathologist business in Utah. My dad, when I was about 11, like I, he felt like he was just missing out. You know, he's got six kids or five kids and one on the way and uh, five boys, like crazy house. And he's out, he's on the road three to four days a week. So he's just feeling like he's missing everything, soccer games, baseball games, all that stuff. So he decides, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, like he's making good money. He decided to come home and like, coach t-ball and coach soccer and coach golf and like be super involved in our lives and he was a he was a seminary teacher in utah they have like this the uh the lds church you can get like a school credit for taking a, a a religious course like on school property pretty much so my dad's a, a glorified school teacher you know so to speak for the church and he's just running around uh being a dad full-time for like the next six seven years it was crazy because it was a very important time for him to like come home so to speak right like 11 12 13 middle school ages having like that influence i could i could see where i was going you know as a kind of a wild child as you can imagine like i'm a little high energy and hard, like i have an issue with authority so like uh seeing him come like be that and looking in hindsight i was like man i had incredible parents i had an incredible mom as well like the power couple been together since like they were 14 years old still holding hands and being all cute and stuff it's ridiculous but uh Seeing my dad come home was the reason why I was super passionate about being a dad because I saw the impact that it had on on all of us, right? Um, but like the hustler gene came from watching my my dad early, and then really my mom speech therapy business picked up late. Like after my dad came home, she started working harder on that on the speech business. So it came from both sides, you know, both sides of the family. Um, a lot of my family members are hustlers, right? More than entrepreneurs, like they'll hustle, they'll work hard, you know, construction or or uh, air conditioning or you know, my, my brother's a contractor, you know, my other brother, my other brother is a uh, sports psychologist. Like he teaches people how to perform on purpose with purpose, you know, train some like Olympians and some different things. So it's just in the family, man. It's in the blood. So I know your kids are young now, but um, I think uh, any of them are going to pick up the, the hustle, the hustle mentality yet. Or they still no, I, I hope they can learn it by osmosis, you know, but uh, one of the things I'm trying to, uh, like I'm aware of is not trying to, I want to unleash my kids and direct like their energy. I'm not trying to control it and make them into like smaller versions of me. Right. So like, I'm hoping just by being around it, my wife's also an entrepreneur. Like she runs a hair extension business, you know, Russian hand tied wefts, you know, she, uh, she hustles, shut us down in 2020 as well. 2019, we did a few hundred grand in revenue. 2020 was like, 
because they, they shut us all down. But hopefully they learn it by osmosis. But if they don't, you know, if he wants to play the trumpet and do nerd stuff and be an engineer, like I won't be I won't be disappointed. But, you know, he'll 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 pick up what he picks up here. Which dad would win in a fight? Fight Club, Brad Pitt or Thor, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, Thor. Which well, one does you Chris think Hemsworth have his superpowers? I mean, he's a big dude, but Brad Pitt. Yeah, but like hit. Thor can lift the hammer. Does he have the hammer? No, but I mean, well, I meant like the shape of the guy or the, the attitude of the guy. He, I'm I mean, gonna go Brad, Brad Pitt from Fight Club, bro. Easy. I th- yeah, I think Thor would get tired out of beating him, and he would just like lose. That's yeah, that, that's my opinion. Those skinny meth head looking guys are the rough ones, man. Like I know that's me. Like I'm, a, I, I wrestled 125 in college. We're built different. We got to be weird up here to even compete in that realm. So you got to break us. It's hard to do. So you were the right person for this question, apparently. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite comedian? I love Dave Chappelle, man. Dave Chappelle or Andrew Schultz? Schultz is good on stage, but his like when they put him in a show, when it's organized, it doesn't work. Because he just, to me, he does everything like off the energy of the crowd. And I think there's magic there that you just cannot get when it's scripted. But I, I got to go with Chappelle, like just more ra- well-roundedness. But I, I do dig Schultz. I do this... If I had to only listen to one, it'd be Chappelle. It, easy. Like, he's too good. I love, like, his Netflix specials kill me. And Joe Rogan, actually. I love Joe Rogan. He is he's hilarious on stage. You know who was one of my old favorites? And it was just because, he was, I don't know, the weirdness of him. Dave Attell would always make me. He, he would always get me. What's your go-to comfort food? I like EL Fudge cookies. Double mm-hmm. stuff, chocolate frosting. Just those cookies are my jam. Nice. That's my nice. go-to. Nikolai Tesla or Thomas Edison? Oh, bro. Come it depends. On. Are we talking? Are we talking ingenuity? Or are we talking business acumen? Because one of them was a, one of them was a, like a hack who like stole other people's ideas and scaled a business and made it adoptable. The other one produced all the ideas and ended up broke. So yeah. your answer your answer determines your your uh, your attitude, I guess. So you got to figure that one out. Nikola Tesla. I don't think Edison has scruples. What historical figure do you admire the most? Jesus. Can't beat that. Agreed. So that was it. See, it wasn't too hard, right? Good, Not good, too bad. Good, good, you know, gets, gets the juices flowing. So, busy man, what's your daily routine look like? Between 5 and 5.30, I try and get six and a half hours of sleep at least, you know. So 5, 5.30 is usually where that sits, maybe 4.30. Um, depending on what time I go to bed, I'll wake up. I will uh, have a green drink. You know, I got some some mixed greens. I, I shake up right away and, uh, you know, get some good, good positive stuff in my body. I'll... Uh, from there, I'll, I'll journal. I'll, I'll write in that journal a little bit. You know, 10, 15 minutes is super hard for me. It's not my jam, but it's one of those things that every time I do it, I like it shifts a lot of stuff in my mindset and in my emotions. Like it's a powerful exercise for me to, to just sit down and journal. And sometimes like one of the things, one of my most powerful journaling exercises, I'll share this with you because, you know, this is this. there's something that I'm going to do at some point in time around this. I write a letter like or a note from my future self about what I need to do that day. That you know, when you, we see our future self, right? Like I, I don't know who I see myself as like wealthy, respected, connected, and like doing great, right? So I take that person that I see myself as in you know 10, 15 years. And I, I still feel like I have some of those aspects right now, but I idealize my future self and then write a letter to myself about yesterday and today. How did you perform yesterday and who do you need to be today to become me in the future? So it's like an accountability report to your future self. Absolutely. And like, and, like a coaching, and like a coaching piece from myself. Do you ever, and that's pretty cool, actually. Um, do you ever go back and read old ones? Like just to yeah. see. Yeah. So I journal too, but I, I never go back and read them. I always think I will, but I just never do. 
Oop. Well, I probably should. <laughs> I just kicked over my leg. Give me a sec. <laughs> yeah, I go back and read it from time to time. You're officially the worst guest. Look at you, man. By can't far. Keep, can't take you out. <laughs> By far, bro. By far. Can't take me anywhere, dude. Can't take me anywhere. Just like at the table. We can't keep you still. <laughs> you can't, bro. You can't. Not on stage, not at my house. Yeah, so from there, after my journal, okay, I'll meditate. Or before, sometimes it depends on what I'm feeling. Then I'll go work out. Got to get jacked, right? And then, um, you know, got to get got to get a sweat on. And then I'll, I usually, every morning, I'll send a text to my wife, or almost every morning, I'll send a text to my wife and tell her how much I love her, appreciate her, and honor her. And I believe that from you, actually, because I see you do it sometimes on Facebook, like just randomly, but you use a lot of like the words you use and the way you do it. It's very authentic and like not, I don't know. Sometimes I see people do that and it feels false. Like, is your marriage okay, bro? Every time I see people post like this, I'm worried they're on the verge of divorce. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, bro, we're, we're Gucci. We're Gucci. That's authentic. I'm not trying to like speak something into existence on that. So I'll text her. Um, I used to write these post-it notes to my kids every day. I'd like write a post-it note. I have journals full of them where I like write them little notes, you know, like I put it on the door when they walk out the house for like daycare and stuff like that. And like, I'd write them for my wife, but I started realizing like there's better ways for me to do this, you know, but I try and like, I try and connect with my wife no matter what, every morning I try and have like a connecting moment with my kids no matter what. And then from there, the next thing that I do, I have a little, I have these uh, little cards and see if you can see that. They're business non-negotiable tasks. Like here's my things that I have to get done today that move the needle forward on my business. So I don't get caught up in like emails and garbage and, you know, oh, let me go check my Facebook ads. Oh, there's a new face. Oh, let me just, uh, it keeps me focused. And so that's, that's, my, that's my, that's how I do it every morning. Like, so I, I, I check my body, you know, through my workouts and my greens, my being, which is my meditation, my journaling, my balance, which is my relationship with my wife and my kids and my business. You know, where I I usually will read, you know, something for like 10, 15 minutes, put on an audible or whatever, put on a YouTube video. And then I do my non-negotiable tasks. And I got to check those things off by the end of the day. And what time do you kind of shut off the business and see into family life? You know, it, it varies. You know, if I get an early start, you know, if I start on the day at like seven and I crush, you know, I'll go, I'll go pick up my kids at like two thirty, three o'clock. And then just try and do, you know, try and do the family stuff around two thirty three, or, you know, be like, Five, six, seven, it kind of varies depending on like what the need is right now, right? Because we're, we're in startup mode. We can only move as fast as we can move. Like nine women can't have a baby in a day. So that's why I got to make sure my tasks are on point because I got to make sure I move the needle far enough, but I can't do everything all, all in one go. No doubt, no doubt. What does your uh, best dad life look like then as far as, you know, navigating all this stuff? So for me, I want my kids to feel loved. I want them to feel like they have space. You know, I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel connected. And I want them to feel like one of the big th reasons why I work on my marriage so much is because like, that's the cup. Like we model the marriage as we see, right? We, that's what we model is the home that we're in. So my, my best dad life looks like harmony between my business and my family, where I'm not giving too much to one and not giving too much to the other, but I have balance and har I have harmony. Balance, balance ain't, ain't real. It, it, you can't have it, but you can't have harmony between the two. So for me, it's, you know, it's, it's activities with my kids, you know, it's, it's, we quarterly vacations, weekend getaways, doing like, hey, you want to go to wrestling camp? Let's go. Like you want to do jujitsu? Let's go. You want to do gymnastics or play the trumpet or play piano? Like it's just, I want to be engaged really like my dad was. I want to coach T-ball. You know, I can't wait for those times. I want to coach him in wrestling. You know, so my dad life just looks engaged and like active, active, present, engaged, really. Uh, what would you say your dad's superpower is? You know what? I'm going to go with these kicks right here, bro. I was going to bring them up, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> 
So um, I embrace the dad life, man. When I, when I do stuff with my kids, I wear these goofy shoes. And my wife's like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm putting on the uniform, baby girl. Like, if you're going to be a dad, you, like, when you go out and play Yankee Stadium, you put on the pinstripes. You're going out doing dad shit. You got to wear the dad uniform. So I got the mustache. I got the I got the freaking the New Balances. And you know, I'm doing dad things, man. So um, I, I think my dad's superpower, though, really is like, uh, I'd say connection, man. Like, I feel really connected to my kids. What would you say your dad kryptonite? is uh what sort of throws you off your game bro <laughs> kids kids are an endless pit of need you're just never gonna hear the end of that <laughs> it's true. like you can't fill that cup all the way and i feel guilty because it's like like on the one hand i got a 16 month old who's going through teething and like you know have some you're introducing new food so he'll be like tummy problems and teething whining throws me off because now I, now I feel bad that i'm irritated right that's like dude you just relax. He's having the hardest day of his life. And other times it's like, I can't tell if he's whining or if he's genuine needs that he needs met that I'm not like taking care of right now. You know, like a kid, a kid needs to be stimulated. He needs to be connected with. Right. And like, if he's being super whiny, there's an unmet need. And when I start getting in my own head about like my stuff and how annoyed I am, cause I just want to break, you know, like that's, that's, that's where it comes down to man. It's like balancing that and then balancing my self-talk with it. Cause there are times where I get like, man, you suck today. You're a horrible dad today. You did not, you did not perform at a high level. Bring your A game tomorrow. Dude, I, I never asked myself this question. And it's kind of like, I realized that I think whining is mine too, because we do so much to try to get ourselves in the right mindset in the mornings. We journal, we pray, we, we do this, we do that. Yeah. So that we're like grateful and we're not whining because we got to kill our inner, inner whiner and we do it early in the morning. And then- you're all set. You got your workout on. You're crushing it. You got that. You're in your groove. And here comes all that. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's like you fought so hard to get yourself out of that headspace. And then they drag you right back in. And it's like so frustrating that, that yeah, like you. That definitely derails me. I think that's my kryptonite, too. Yeah, man. And so, like, when my kids are old enough, because, right, I'm three, and, I'm three and one. I want to teach them this stuff. But when's the time, right? When do I start teaching my kid how to breathe? Like, when I start teaching him how to meditate, when I start teaching him how to be grateful. So I do affirmations with my oldest. I make him say like, I'm strong. I'm smart. I am awesome. I do all those things. But like, I don't know how far it's sinking in yet, but I can't wait to kind of teach him like this type of stuff as well. Cause it's super powerful for me. It makes me stop whining real quick. Intellectual and emotional maturity. Right. So figuring it out. So that's how you're handling it right now. Trying to do a little mental jujitsu till it actually takes. But Good, great golfers still have crappy shots. Right. So I don't have to get everything right. I just have to get most of them right. Right. And I have to stay engaged to make that happen. So that's kind of my view on on fatherhood is that engagement piece. And just look, I'm trying stuff and like see what works and also evaluate like if that's what if that's a sustainable ordeal, because I can always throw an iPad in front of him and make him stop talking. I can always give him some candy. I can always give him the TV remote and like the whining stops immediately. It's like, when am I taking the easy way out and when am I creating connection and just stimulation to get to get that get those juices flowing in there? So I already know you're an interesting cat. Like what's one kind of cool or weird or strange thing about you that most people don't know? I know you're bilingual. Yeah, bilingual. No, I learned, you know what? Here's one. I learned, I went, I went to South Africa for two years. I learned a little bit of Zulu, Zulu, you know, but I also learned like full-fledged South African sign language. Like I learned South African sign language, like top to bottom. When you say South African sign language, it's like that language works like, in a lot of different of the countries or just in oh, yeah, South Africa, bro. Like even the deaf community's got their own language. There's ASL, there's ESL, there's South African sign. And like, in, like I fell in love with like the people there and I fell in love with that community. 
my my college major because when I wrestled in college was going to be like deaf studies. Oh, deaf! I thought you said death. I'm like, no, no, deaf. Okay. Deaf. That was my major in college. You know, until I dropped out. You're there in South Africa, and you decide like, okay, I'm done. And you just came back to the states, and was like, yeah. Oh. So, so like in the LDS Church, you know, the Mormons. Like the name tags and bike helmets and stuff you see us running around. I did that, you know. So you have two years that you that you that you serve, right? You teach. So like every day, you're up at six, you're in bed by nine, and every day from like ten o'clock to like nine o'clock, you're out like knocking doors, making contacts. Like in my time, we didn't call home, you know, except for our Mother's Day and Christmas, you know. And it was like a two year boot camp almost, where you had to learn how to you know be like strict. You know, learn how to plan, learn how to make goals, learn how to do it on a daily basis, learn how to grind, learn how to like make all that stuff happen, learn to hold myself accountable. You know, and we're living super rigid. We're not dating. We're not watching TV. We don't have cell phones. We're not like, you know, Facebook wasn't there. So we're living like half Amish life. And uh, it was, it was uh, like my two years was up. It was awesome. And I came home. Till now, I didn't even put that two and two together that that was the reason why. But um, thank you for clarifying that for me because. Yeah, I, I don't really fit that mold with like the the hair and the blonde and the the craziness, you know. I most guess if I see you in a white shirt, tie and with a Bible and walking with a partner across <laughs> the same. It's the mustache would still throw me off though, because them dudes Always. are, those dudes are real clean cut. So, yeah. oh yeah, oh, that's probably why I have it because I had to be so clean cut for so long. It was like, no, now I can do whatever I want. I'm doing it. I'm doing whatever I want. Rebel, for sure. Right, so, uh, <laughs> what's one question that you're tired of people asking you? I know that's a random question. I ask it, yeah, but I like it. there is these things. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, what do I want? What do you want or what? Yeah. What, what, you know, what, what do you want? When people ask me that question, like I, the answer changes from day to day. I feel like I have like it frustrates me because now I have to check in, see what I want. What do I want right now? What do I want later? Like, what does that look like? Like, why do I want it? Those questions are like, like they get they get annoying. I've been like doing all this personal development. It's like that's all that's all they ask. Well, what do you want? Well, what do you want? And it's like sometimes you, I just don't know. You must be a pain in the ass at drive through. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Um, See, that's easy. That's existentially? easy. No, no yeah, existentially. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Last year, I thought I wanted this. This year, I know I want that. The year before, I thought it was this. Next year, probably something different. Like, so it's it's just uh, that question kind of like it gets at me. It gets at me. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, goal. That's, this, that's one reason why I have a hard time writing goals because they keep changing. Like, and I know that about myself that I'm going to set something and I'm like, that's the direction. But I might decide to go off on um, side quests. I'm on, I'm Mr. Side Quest. I should probably be my nickname. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's I, would, awesome. I would go on every side quest before I finish the game. Um, yeah. Well, you know, what's the journey, right? And so yeah. for me, I started doing those things in like 90 day increments. What's my target for the next 90 days? Like what, what am I, what's not my goal? Like not what do I want my life to look like? What's my outcome? Yes or no answers only for the next 90 days. I have the big ones, but again, you know, I kind of like to work the maze backwards. And if I think about it too much, then I'm just, I'm too far in the future and I just hinder myself because then I get stuck. Yeah. Overthink, um, overthink. And like the, the, the map appears when the car is in motion. So what I try to do is set my car in motion in the direction that I think is best. And then, you know, course correct to 90. Feel you brother. Now what's one question you wish people would ask you, but they never do. Mostly just my wife. Do you want to have sex tonight? High five. High five. <laughs> 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 
that's 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 the only question that I want to be asked. Really, I mean, uh, or how do I give you money? How do I give you business? I like that question too. Like, how do we start? You know, that's the other question. You know, but uh, I like it, you know, my wife says, "How do I give you money too?" I've never heard that. I would like to hear that. That's yeah. That. It's usually how do I get money from you? You know, for sure, for sure. Um, not that she ain't. Not that she's broke or anything. She got her own money, but she still feels like I'm. You know. <laughs> I should be asked. Um, <laughs> what kind of dad stereotype don't you do you feel like you don't fit in? Now I know which one you do fit in because you're just rocking them New Balances, like you know, you own the company. I would say, like, are you like mechanically inclined? Do you like to mow the lawn? Are you like on the? Are do you just suck at the grill? Like, which one of those kind of like dad you know, stereotypes, dad isms? You feel like ah, that one is not so much me. I don't know. Let's think of some other ones. Like crush the grill. Like I'm good at that. I I, I can mechanic up. You know, like I think a lot of I think a lot of uh, stereotypes for dads are kind of like sit on the couch, hang out, watch the game, have a beer. You know, that's not really my jam. Until my kids start watching it with me, like I don't really want to watch sports. You know, like I'm not really like the. You know, I think that's kind of a stereotype for dads is like chill on the couch after work and and hang out and like I, I don't really like that. You know, that's not, that's not for me. And, and, you know, I find like a good amount of entrepreneurs aren't super into games like that. Or if they are, they tend to be more into like the more physical stuff like MMA or something like that or wrestling, because it's kind of like a different, a different, yeah. you know, I think it's because it's more of a solo sport than a team sport. And I think that's kind of like this, the, the you know, the entrepreneur that's, that's that's is like mindset. Lone, lone wolf. But yeah, I, I will say that, that, I agree with that one too. Are you okay? I know you are, but you know, I, I like to ask this question because I don't think people really um, get the um, importance of being in something is I like to ask, are you in any masterminds? Oh yeah. Of course. Cause we met at one, but I still contract with Longship, and I'm still part of a couple of those masterminds with those guys. And like, I, I still love those networks. They're great. You know um, I, I'm in the multiple club, which is like my main one really. Um, that I'm really like into the network. It's very tight knit, 30 people um, and high level of accountability, like high level. Like if I'm slacking on my targets, slacking on my goals, like I'm getting, I'm getting smacked. Like if I'm not showing up on a day-to-day -day basis, like it's a high level of accountability because it's not just about your, your business. It's about your life. Like if I'm not working out, like I'm going to get, I'm going to get a coach in me saying like, Hey dude, where you at? What's up? So how many are there then? It sounds like there's a a business and accountability one. There might be a fitness one. Like so, so it's, it's both. So the the four pillars, call them the core four, is body, being, balance, and business. Right. So your body being, you can't uh, you you can't outgrow like your own personal stories, your interpersonal value, how you see yourself. You can't scale your business past how you see yourself. So the goal is to build yourself up, so you have the capacity to build your business up. Right. So there's there's both sides. Right. If I'm not hitting targets, if I'm not showing up, you you can't be two dimensional, one dimensional, you got to be four dimensional all the way across the board. So it's accountability for everything. Yeah. Or you can go faith, family, fitness, and finance. Like, yeah, I mean, those are actually the ones I, that's the ones I kind of gravitate towards, but yeah, it's the same four F's, you know, they're all the same thing. You know, it's uh, the four, those pillars spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, like he talks about it in the Bible, you know, and Jesus grew and they list all four of those things. Didn't put it together like that, but it it's true. I feel, uh, thank you for connecting that for me. Love that about you, brother. So big question here now that I have for you is 
how do you want to leave your mark in the world? I mean, you're doing all this stuff. You're definitely self-improving and you got the dad thing down and you, you know, you've, you're in your lane and you got your head down, your blinders on grander purpose out there in your head. And it doesn't have to be because some people just, I just want to make sure that my kids are good. I want to, you know, do this or that. I have mine, which is, I want to, and I'm, you know, this is, this is nobody else's, this is mine. It's like, well, I want to be instrumental in the adoption of a hundred kids before I die. And so a lot of the stuff I do is with that end in mind, but do you have anything like a bigger thing that maybe, uh, I don't know, I could help you along with or just um, share that because you never no, know. As far as like the mark I want to leave on the world legacy, right? Everyone's like legacy. And like when I look at my legacy, you know, there's there's some part to me that like, yeah, I want to be, you know, I want to coach men. I want to do all this stuff. I want to be like a, like a game changer for, for fathers. You know, there's the other part of me. It's like, look, I want to have a big impact on like 100 people. You know, like, but most importantly for me is the, it's, it's the dad thing. Like anything, any legacy I leave outside my home that like doesn't leave a good legacy inside the home, it, it's not really success to me. Right. Like, like for real, if I cure cancer and fail as a father, like for me, that's not, that's not what it is. Right. You know, obviously I'm not trying to cure cancer, but, but at the end of the day, the legacy is in the, in, in the family, right. It's in the people that you, that you connect with on, on a regular basis. So I got a, I got a pretty close tribe of like really close friends and people that I stay really connected to, you know, um, and I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to go deep, you know, I'm not afraid to go deep quick. I'm not afraid to share emotions or feelings or thoughts. And, and like, you know, the, the legacy that I'm looking to leave is, is really to be free, like unchained. Like we all have our own chains we made up in our head. You know, we all have those. And it's to, it's to like release, release myself. And, and, and by releasing ourselves, we give other people the permission to do the same. Right. So you want to inspire, you know, other people to be free and then, you know, more specifically dads and, 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 and then their journey to, you know, kind of join you yeah. along with that. And yeah, really, really, I, I a whole bunch of stuff, like blah, 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 blah. But really most of like, like the family, like if you're talking legacy, like, yeah, man, I want to, I, I want to help men. I feel like men are, um, we're not, we're seen differently right now. We're not really taught how to be men. You know, we're not really taught. We kind of have to figure it out or we get a, we get a good group of friends to help us figure it out or like, be part of a mastermind that helps us figure it out. Um, but really I feel like most men don't have the tools and the support networks to really, uh, reach that capacity and to really give themselves permission to be the man. I feel like every man feels like they, they, they have a higher calling, a higher purpose. They feel like they're, you know, more than they can be like masculinity is driven by that feeling of like, I can do more, I can be more, I can have more, but there's not really like paths to do that. I mean, religion can do some of those things, but it can't do everything. And in some cases it hurts, you know? So so for me, it's, it's coaching men and, and specifically dads, because I feel like most most people don't have that um, example of a good dad. You know, like most people I talk to never had a good father, you know, so how can they be a dad if they were not how to not taught how to be a good dad? No one showed them how. Sounds like you uh, you want to put something together there. Um, interested to see that where, that where that goes. So keep me in the loop because um, there's a lot of people that I've met, especially because of doing this show that are on a similar path as you and say, you know, not the same thing, but like have that same sort of uh, energy cause vibe behind them. So uh, as you grow and as you get there, like, let me know if there's something more formal because um, yeah, like I said, I'm part of uh, other dad mastermind. In fact, it's, it's a pretty interesting group. The one I'm in, cause most of the guys are from Canada. So it's interesting to see kind of like the, the, the different, um, not big cultural differences, but slight enough to make it kind of more interesting to me because I'm just used to the American way of things. 
uh, also the Latino one, where it's a little bit more machismo. So I'm kind of an oddball on that as well. But um, I, I'm always happy and ex and interested to see these things as the way they grow. And then, you know, I, I, I go to different ones to see, you know, the technologies they use. Some are very technical and like, okay, these are the steps and others are just like freestyle it. But either way, it all works because at the end of the day, I think everybody feels supported and it feels like most people get something and learn from them. I, I, I can't tell yet because not like everybody does a rah-rah session and says, oh yeah, I learned this today, but they keep showing up. So there's something there, which is proof of something there. I, I don't know, but I, I definitely enjoy being in, in, uh, in wolf packs like that. Cause that's what they are. It's usually like, you know, good, good 10 or 12 guys get telling truth and sharing stuff. And sometimes they even bring their sons into it and they kind of have dialogues and um, one I participated in was kind of cool because the father and the son were like both there. And then the son was talking about the relationship with the dad and they, they run a business together. So it was like, they grew up friends in a way because they were in business together and they were like, the age difference was really small, like 17 years apart, 16, 18 years apart. So they were more like bros than they were dad and son, but it was cool to like, they, they talked about like what could be, um, improved between them. And then some of us other fathers got to kind of share and say, hey, you know, first of all, I appreciate your insight and, you know, how you were able to identify like your relationship that way. And then these things you're saying, like communication wise, or you're having problems, learn how to put on a different hat, learn how to take off the business partner hat and put on the sun hat and tell dad, hey, I'm putting on the sun hat. I'm asking for sun advice because men, we like to, we need to compartmentalize things. So we need to know which person we're talking to so that we can address that situation. But if you don't bring it to our attention, we don't know who we're talking to, which is why we have problems with our wives, because they never identify which person they're talking, where we should be talking to in that. Are you the wife? Are you the business partner? Are you the, you know, like, tell, like I just need you to tell me which which hat you're wearing right now. I have a question I asked that, that, that serves me well. So do you need me to support you or need me to help? Like, do you need me to listen or need me to support you? Like, what do you want? Do you want me to fix it? Or do you just want me to like rub you on the back and tell you like, it's going to be okay. You're the second person that told me that in this, in this, uh, this show, I think Matt Storm was the other one. I forget who, but I was like, yo, that's genius. And I, and I, I think I used it for two weeks and then I forgot about it, but thank you for reminding me. <laughs> reminding you. Reminding you. I, did, I seriously, I used it a couple of times and I was like, damn, that's good. That's good. Gotta, it diffuses the situation down, and it lets you know which hat you want to put on. Because sometimes yeah. she wants the monster and sometimes sometimes she just wants tenderness. Sometimes she wants me to come in there to like drop the hammer and like help solve the problem. Other times she's like, hey, I just I, I'm struggling here and here and I need you to like support me here. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Now I know, now I know who to be. Yep. That that no. that is a nugget that I gotta keep remembering. You know, it's interesting you say that you were part of that group. I was part of another group. I actually ran a few, like, uh, we called them crucibles. They were, like, day to two-day events. Yeah, it was, it was hardcore. It was, like. Hey, is that where you guys are lifting up logs and running naked through the yeah. beach? That's, that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff. We did that. It was for dads. It was called Father of the Future. And I was, like, helping coach uh, with a guy named Luke Kayim. Uh, he does a good podcast as well about dads. It's literally called Fathers of the Future. It's awesome. And, uh, and like, seeing seeing people in that moment, seeing couple, running a couple father-son combos through that was was special. For the son to see the dad be in a, a situation where he's like suffering or he's in an ice bath or he's like on a really long hike or doing all this stuff, like just being in, in a different, changing the dynamic. Cause you usually see this, you never get to see, like, you usually see this, right? Dad, son, you never get to see that performance on this level. You Like very rarely have, 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 does a son get to see his dad, like be a warrior and like see how he shows up in that situation. So there's some, there's some special, 
special little moments we had there. It's interesting to see that dynamic when the when it's not the normal dynamic. Your dad joke debut, you got that that fire. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? You look for the fresh prince. Yeah, buddy. I remember that one. But that you deserve you deserve it for bringing that back from the archives. <laughs> I, I've used that before, but it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Some silly, I'm gonna respect that. Respect. For sure. For sure. Respect. Put respect on my name. Hey, all you entrepreneurs and dapreneurs. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel for past episodes. Show me some love on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really want to be a guest on my show, no problem. Just email the dadnextdoortv at gmail.com and we'll take care of you. All the information you need is on the show notes of this episode. This is Jason, a.k.a. The Dad Next Door, signing out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.